Welcome back to another episode of Seeds of the Logos. In case you guys missed our first episode, we are a group of students studying theology in Rome. And we also happen to like movies, and we happen to watch a lot of movies. And so we, th- we, we thought we would start a podcast to unpack the themes of the movies that we watch. Part of this project is to hopefully show the power of, of conversation to enjoy film, to look into film, and to discover the seeds of the logos in film, because the film that we watch always leads to good conversations if we let it. And so with that in mind, we wanted to talk about a movie that we watched yesterday. One of the guys we lived with, it was his birthday, and he wanted to watch Forrest Gump, which I'm sure you've seen, or if not uh, seen, have heard uh, of. It's one of a Tom Hanks's great performances. He won Best Actor for the for his role as Forrest Gump, and many would say it's a American classic. I don't know about you guys, but I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. And you think of Forrest Gump, and you think of the iconic quotes of the movie. You think of the feel good factor of the story of Forrest Gump. I but, forgot how good it was. <laughs> but and one thing, but one thing that struck me was how it, it's not as black and white uh, as as you might say. It's a it's a complicated movie. There's a lot that the movie is trying to do. And we thought it'd be a great, uh, it'd be great material for discussion. And so with that in mind, we wanted to unpack some of the themes that we thought were important. But also it's a movie that has some scenes which are worth skipping, uh, some objectionable content that is not worth seeing. And so we also wanted to mention a tool that we found very helpful. We're not being sponsored or anything <laughs> by, by, this, uh, by this project, but there's a, a plugin out there called Skipfile which basically I think started a few years ago. It's an open source project by people that want to enjoy film without having to subject themselves to objectionable content in film. And so how it works is it skips uh, objectionable scenes using basically the timestamps of the movie. So you just plug it into your browser. It's a free download. And then you look for a file related to the movie you're going to watch. And it'll sync with the timestamps of whatever streaming service you're using. And with that, you can skip uh, the scenes that are not worth seeing. And so... We definitely wanted to mention that, uh, and it's a great tool to enjoy film, uh, especially in, in today's day and age. But with that being said, let's dive into Forrest Gump. One thing we wanted to start with was the idea of the American epic. Yeah. Uh, w- one thing that struck me this time around watching this movie was just how many parallels this movie had to other epics. Um, for example, uh, I mean, in, in the Odyssey where... Odysseus needs to come back home and win back his wife from all of her suitor, from all of her suitors, and it seems like um, Forrest Gump does a similar thing. And then also, you know, the great American epic they say is Moby Dick. There's this great scene in Forrest Gump when um, when Lieutenant Daniel is literally challenging God uh, on top of the you know this this ship. Um, much like Ahab did in, in Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. But when I think about an epic, right, one of the themes that I think of is the theme of man's duties to his family, as well as man's relation to society, and then finally man's relationship to God. And I think those three levels are very pre- uh, present in Forrest Gump. Um, we we look at the movie mostly through the eyes of Forrest Gump and his own personal adventures. Um, but then you kind of figure out that Forrest Gump meets all of these sort of famous 
people uh, in in politics and in cultural society. He meets John Lennon. He meets uh, JFK. He meets uh, Nixon. He uh, even meets Elvis, Elvis Presley. And in one way or another, he influences all of these guys, right? Um, so you move from the local to the political to the social, but then also the theme of his relationship to uh, the deities, right, to God. Um, and the question of whether or not uh, what happens to Forrest Gump is providence, whether or not it's chance, I think it's very, uh, very yeah. prevalent in the movie. Yeah, I think one, one of the most comical things, right, that people enjoy are all of the scenes, right, where Forrest Gump, who has an IQ of 75, is in some way impacting the major historical events of the United States in the 1960s and 70s, right? So he's there at Watergate. He's there. He teaches Elvis Presley how to dance. Yeah, he's meeting multiple presidents. He's gives he's gives John Lennon the the lyrics to imagine. Yeah, so he's kind of there and and he's present in all of these these moments and but he's also kind of oblivious to what's happening around him. He just kind of rolls with the punches and uh, through his comments, simple comments or, or what have you, he really does inspire people or, or change the events of history. And so I don't know, what, what does that mean, though, for the, the American epic as we think about? Yeah, I, my question is, is, does it even work as an epic, right? Uh, does it answer any of the questions that, uh, that society is looking for? I don't know what you guys think. Well, I think one thing with the American epic, right, is the idea of agency and initiative and going out and, you know, manifest destiny. It's our, we, we need to go out and do things. And Forrest Gump, I think, challenges that narrative, at least on the surface, because you think about, okay, he runs across the country, but he runs without any reason why, right? And so there are all these shots of him going out west, like, like you, you know, you, you get the scenes of the classic westerns, right? So you're saying this is like the normal American who's just kind of running from place to place, work, job, family, whatever, you know. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's a little bit oblivious to the question as to like, what exactly am I doing? Yeah, and mm -hmm. so and and he doesn't really have a sense of necessarily why. Yeah, he's in, you know, why he's playing football for Alabama, why he's going on the U.S. ping pong team, why he's. Uh, I mean, even in Vietnam, it's just, okay, this is the next thing to do, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, as the American epic, maybe another classic of the American tradition that might help us to contrast this movie with is Huckleberry Finn, mm. which is also picaresque in the, in, this, in the sense that the main character goes from place to place to place, encountering many different people, many different uh, social spheres, yeah. war, peace... Uh, rich, poor, men, women, all different kinds of people. And as with Huckleberry Finn, Forrest Gump uh, has some philosophical moments, we could say. He's not a very reflective guy. He does have axioms that he draws, that he brings with him from his mother. Um, and he does have a certain firmness in those moral axioms that help him to understand reality. How, how how reflective he is he? Huckleberry was pretty reflective. He makes some moral decisions and his conscience is well formed. Um, is Forrest Gump a deep character or a flat character? Well, I think, yeah, one, one of the leitmotifs of the movie, right, that it starts and begins with this feather, the image of the feather. And so the feather 
you're kind of drawn to the feather in the first shot and it ends up landing uh, at the feet of Forrest Gump while he's sitting at the bus stop, right? Mm -hmm. And that feather he picks up and puts in this book of Curious George, right, that his mom read to him. Uh, and then he ends up bringing to his son uh, and that feather suddenly flies out when he's there at the bus stop where his mom took him to to go on the school bus. He's there with his son now at the end of the movie and that feather flies out of the book and and you end with the, the feather there, right? So I think that's a big question of, of agency. The feather seems like a leitmotif for the, the movie at large, but then also for the main characters because one of the... The implication meaning that well, at least it raises the question of how much agency we have in our lives. Yeah, and the question of you know what is what is what is happening in the life of Forrest Gump? What is happening in the life of Lieutenant Dan? What is happening in the life of Jenny? Is it providence, mm -hmm. or is it just mere coincidence? Mm -hmm. And their reactions to 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 their situations, I think, pre present different options. Mm -hmm. Right, right. The. Um... Yeah, especially with the feather at the beginning, it is floating with the wind going to and fro, which is very much like the person of Jenny. Um, yeah. In, and she, well, one, she prays to be like a bird and fly away, uh, very much airy like a feather. But Jenny in the sense of running around without purpose, really, and looking for love. She is motivated by love. Does she find it? I don't, it, uh, you, we have to wait until the very end of the movie to find out. But um, she is encountering, uh, I think ultimately, in, in her quest for love, in, in her quest for uh, frivolity running around, she is scared to die. Yeah. On her deathbed, Forrest Gump, uh, or she, you know, well, even before, right? She, she's pondering committing suicide and she's afraid. She's afraid. And she doesn't do it. That's right. It's, what is her motive of not committing suicide? Fear. It's not for love of life. No. It's almost fear of death. I mean, at that point... As sick as that sounds. Yeah, at that point, she's totally at rock bottom. Right. And so she doesn't see any purpose to living anymore. Uh -huh. But she stands up on the ledge and she gets scared. Right, right. Now, that's that, and that fear continues even until her deathbed where she asks Forrest Gump, uh, were you afraid in Vietnam fighting in the war? A.K.A. Are you afraid of death? Again, she is on the she's on her deathbed. Forrest Gump gives her a response, um, which we can talk about whether or not his response to fear of death and overcoming that fear is satisfactory. Yeah. But where did Ginny go to? What was her outlet to this fear? Drugs. Yeah, the fast life. Yeah. The fast life. Okay, now this is interesting, right? Because because if. There's a character who's very different from Jenny, but who, well, not drugs in this case, but alcohol, right? Uh, it's a character who saw his life as containing one destiny, and yeah. he doesn't meet it, which is Lieutenant Daniel, yeah. right? He doesn't meet it. He thinks that he is supposed to die in battle. He's looking for honor. He's looking for glory, but Forrest saves him. Yeah, he and he doesn't, he doesn't get the death that he thought that he deserved or he thought that was his destiny. Right. But of course, right, he loses his legs as a result of that. His legs get amputated and he goes to, I think it's New York City. And he lives his life as this cripple who's just like totally reliant upon alcohol. And, but a very different point of view from Jenny. 
Whereas Jenny is just kind of like floating in the wind. Mm -hmm. This guy is just like, just, he's got one goal, doesn't meet it. And now doesn't see any purpose in his, in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that comparison. Well, I think, and then Forrest, right? Forrest. So Forrest saves Lieutenant Dan's life. Even despite the advice that Jenny gave him when he goes off to war, which is whatever happens, if you're in danger, run, <laughs> which I think mm -hmm. encapsulates like, like that in and of itself encapsulates what Jenny's approaches to life, which is anytime you're in danger of death, run. Mm -hmm. And so Forrest starts to do that. Right. But then what Forrest's, I think Forrest's strongest character trait is his heart, right? His, his, his love for people. And so he's running away from battle, uh, from this ambush. And then he realizes he's leaving Bubba behind, his best friend. And so he goes back to find Bubba. And along that fact, he starts to find other people and he starts to, say, to save them one by one, including Lieutenant Dan. Now Bubba mm -hmm. dies in the end. Mm -hmm. But you see how even maybe, maybe Forrest doesn't understand why he loves people, but he does love people. Mm -hmm. And he has strong connections with people, with his mother, with Jenny, mm -hmm. eventually with Bubba who dies, then with Lieutenant Dan. Right. And so he doesn't necessarily present a purpose for his relationship. Like, I want you to be a better person or right. I want... I want what's best for you. It's just I have this love for you and I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. And in in that, I think Lieutenant Dan eventually rediscovers mm -hmm. his purpose. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's a good point that the character trait that most defines uh, Forrest Gump is this love for people. And how does that help Lieutenant Dan and Jenny? With Lieutenant Dan, it helps him to learn that he is dependent upon others. First upon the help of Forrest. And then even others, right, to move and to be lifted up, right? He loses his legs. He loses that kind of uh, independence. But then also ultimately to depend upon God and his providence, mm -hmm. that there is purpose and reason and that uh, to everything that happens. We, we get into this great scene again. We got to love that too, where he's just, it's basically like blaspheming and telling God, like, I dare you to kill me. I dare you. If you are Yeah, this storm God, is nothing. <laughs> this storm is nothing. And he's there like in the middle of this hurricane, you know, he's daring God to kill him. And of course, God doesn't kill him, right? But it turns out that God destroys every single boat mm -hmm. in their town. And I, Yeah, and so they become the only shrimp boat and the, they do and super they make successful. a lot of money, right? And, right? and they start their business. And then, you know, so you've got the scene later on in the movie where um, where Lieutenant Daniel comes up to Forrest like, hey, Forrest, I never thanked you for saving my life, right? Uh, he, earlier, he was really angry at Forrest for saving his life and even more angry at the fact that Forrest got a Medal of Honor <laughs> for saving his life. Yeah. But now he's thanking Forrest for saving his life and then he mm -hmm. falls into the water. Right. I think it's a symbol of baptism. Yeah. And... You know, and Forrest basically says at that point, I think he's made his peace with God. Right. You know, with the, so the, the whole question of providence uh, or destiny, you might say, mm -hmm. like some plan versus arbitrariness. The, um, where, when, when with this conviction, co cosmic conviction of how the world works, when they encounter uh, difficulty, Okay, Jenny encounters rock bottom uh, difficulty in her arbitrary floating around uh, high yeah, life. Yeah, she, she runs to drugs. Same Lieutenant Dan, when he encounters difficulty in his predestined plan, he runs to alcohol. Alcohol. Okay, Forrest encounters many problems, 
I, most, I think most difficultly, or the most difficult problem was when, when Jenny left him. Yeah. What does After he do? After he had proposed. He runs. He runs. Why? He doesn't have any reason that he well, it's. I think it's trying to escape. I think that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And what happens along the road of the, this running? It inspi- This is the most inspiring moment for the people around him. They are drawn to him and his. Oh yeah, he his gets run. His, his disciples. His disciples like running and after him. Like, are you doing this for breast cancer? Are you doing this for charity? Are you doing this for to stop the war? He doesn't answer that question. Um, but it inspires people. At the very end of the movie, when Ginny asks, were you afraid in Vietnam? AKA, I'm scared of death. Uh, How did you overcome your fear of death? It's, Forrest Gump shares with her all the moments in all of his travels, and many of them happened during this run, when he found the beauty in nature. That beauty, which always had to do with very large things like stars, mountains, lakes, the ocean, uh, the the sunset and those huge cosmic realities that just drown your little problems in proportion. Yeah, I think maybe it's a little bit of like the 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 Job scene where, right? Uh, Job's kind of like upset at God, and God basically asks him, "Where were you when I created a universe?" Meaning, you know, like there's this whole cosmic reality around around you that Job comes to appreciate. Mm-hmm. And it also comes to realize, well, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't have the answer to all of the evil in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got to kind of trust God. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. And ultimately, we can we can conclude with fo- talking about Forrest because I think the movie is complicated because it still presents a real dichotomy, you could say, between Forrest's agency and Forrest's lack of I mean yeah his lack of wherewithal about what's going on around him right and summarized in life is like a box of chocolates you never know which one you're going to get and, and as mom always said do the best with what you can exactly so but the question for me is so the end of the movie right he has the whole movie is is drawing out his relationship with Jenny which struck me as very well it struck me as as prodigal in the sense of Jenny is running away from home obviously because her dad was abusive and she's had a lot of problems and Forrest is really the only love that she's had. But Forrest kind of with his heart, and that's his strongest trait, like I said, he has this disposition that's always open to people. And so Jenny rejects him. Jenny turns down his marriage proposal. Mm -hmm. Jenny runs away from him even when it's clear that she's safe and happy again. And Forrest just keeps thinking of her, keeps writing letters to her that never get to her is just constantly waiting for her to come back. And she finally does come back and tells Forrest, oh yeah, I have a son <laughs> that's yours, Forrest Jr., and you're his dad. And right, you could imagine if Forrest was complicated, Forrest would be angry. But Forrest is not angry. He's very overwhelmed. He's simple. And so he's just totally in love with this child that's his own. And the end of the movie, right, Jenny dies. Uh, and Forrest is tasked to take care of, of, of their son. And Forrest has that moment at the grave of Jenny, right, where he's talking. And I think this is his most reflective moment in the entire movie where he talks about the, these, this idea, right, of, uh, of destiny and, and fate, right? Like maybe, Jenny, you were right. Like, uh, like it's a mix of both, right, the sense that... Uh, it's a little bit of the feather and it's a little bit of... 
Moral making. Exactly. I forget the exact line, but there's the sense, right, that he really is resonating with the fact that, okay, there are situations that objectively you can't control beyond you, but at the same time, you can find good in, in spite of your circumstances. And I think you can have agency even in the midst of the flight of the feather. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think so that the movie circularly ends with the feather as it began with the feather, and it ends with Forrest... So the, I think Forrest is circular, right? Forrest Jr. is Forrest as a child, almost, right? Like the, the childlike simplicity of Forrest is reflected in his son, mm -hmm. who is himself, the, the junior version of himself. Not as, maybe not, not with the same handicaps, but uh, like Forrest, right, is, is lacking one of his parents mm -hmm. and is going to be raised by a single, uh, a single parent. A, a single parent. Right. And so this question for me is, as Forrest as father, right, Forrest clearly has elements of a father figure and is a father. Uh, but what is he giving to his son exactly? Is he giving simply his own simple disposition? Mm -hmm. What? Because for me, the question still is, is, is Forrest, is Forrest simplicity, uh, is, is he... Is he too? Is he too? Is he just like a noble savage? Yeah. Is he too? Is he too naive to the situations around him? Because uh, the movie, I think, trying to, on one hand, show the power of Forrest's love for people and how it changes not just individual lives, but also his agency as changing history, right? Mm -hmm. But also, there's this oblivious, this, there's this obliviousness to him, mm -hmm. which makes you question: Well, how much of this is actually what he wants to do? I mean, like, let's let's face it: a lot of Forrest's success you can either call it chance right mm -hmm. you know the fact that he made a lot of money with his shrimp business and then mm -hmm. you know survived this vietnam war and then made it to the alabama football team and invested heavily into apple stocks <laughs> as, a, yeah. as, a, yeah. as a well i guess and like one you know the business guy at the tr at the at the at the bus stop is incredulous. incredulous. He's, you're like, you're yeah. not the founder of Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. That's a joke. And then yeah. he shows the old lady the cover of Fortune magazine, mm -hmm. which or, has him and Lieutenant Dan on it. The uh, so I question whether his childlike simplicity is founded upon a trust in a provident God. Where or because I I certainly agree that yeah, he has a exactly. childlike vision and he on, prays. So he does pray. But remember the conversation with Lieutenant Dan when he hits rock bottom and Lieutenant Dan is questioning, have you found Jesus? And Forrest replies, I didn't know that we had to go looking for him. I didn't know that I had to. I look didn't know for that him. I had to go look for him. But I think it's a sincere. Um, exactly. It's a, he's sincere. Like, oh, I didn't know that there's this God thing that, and that's an import, it, that it's important. Mm -hmm. Mind you, he's already been living this childlike simplicity. And I don't know if... The childlike simplicity after that particular moment is like refounded upon a provident God. I think it just it continues. It continues. I mean, of course, a, that could that could either mean I don't have to look for God because He doesn't exist, or it could mean I don't have to look for Christ because I already have Him. Right. Well, but he hasn't had religion until he goes to that Baptist church. God, God, religion. Oh, Christ is he, not mentioned. He, pray, he prays with uh, with Jenny yeah. when they were very little. But he has this line right where he's mm -hmm. like, "My mama told Fair me, point. my mama told me to like when you need something, you you go to God or something mm -hmm. like that." Mm -hmm. and, and that's after Lieutenant Dan is like, "Well, why haven't? Where's your God? Right when we're not catching any shrimp?" Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I should go to church." That's right. Fair point. Fair point. But it does seem like there's a kind of that strikes me as not like Forrest, right? Like that seems calculated. That's not simple. And so to your point, I think there is a question that's left open. 
about how much of Forrest's trust in yeah, what is what is Forrest trust based in? Mm-hmm. Is it or is it just like I'm? He's literally just walking around, hoping that fortune. Yeah, it's. I think it's either chance, or he's led a truly blessed life. <laughs> right. Meaning that like like everything that's happened to him has been just. I mean, like he looks under a rock and he finds gold. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be honest. I think. The mo- also, this is where I think the macro of the movie, right? When you look about, when you think about the '60s and the '70s, and you look at the images that they're using, right? Of okay, the pr- president's being assassinated, Reagan being shot while campaigning, and he's oblivious to it all. The Vietnam War protests. He's just kind of rolling with the punches. He's like he's like the man without original sin, who is just you know, like it's all of this evil in the world. I mean, real evil with Jenny, even when they're like very little. Yeah. together right and he's just kind of like none of it touches him somehow yeah so i think th- that for me is the the, the the main question of the movie like what what is the image that we're trying to present because clearly forrest has good qualities and right. he's he's generous and he's generous he's loving he cares for people he helps people mm-hmm. he is selfless but there also is an obliviousness to him that strikes I, me as especially when it i think it really crystallizes when he's a father right because exactly. it's like now you have a son Mm-hmm. And and for me, a father like is how, not just... How are you going to care for that boy? Exactly. Like a father is not just a loving figure. A father has the vision to help see where his son is going, what his son needs, mm-hmm. what the world is going to be like for his son. Mm-hmm. And it just strikes me that Forrest right. doesn't have that. So, uh, and with that, his response to Jenny on, you can, hey, uh, yes, I, I did have fear in Vietnam, but by looking at the stars, I was helped. I had relief. Is that enough to really have martyr? Is that enough to uh, overcome the fear of death? I think this is again a part of the the childlike vision of the world that's too naive. I think there's two kinds of childlike vision, like one that's just totally naive, childish, and another that's like provident God is watching over me. If if in the response to Jenny, which I find critical in the movie, had been a bit more Inclusive, uh, I don't know, there's an afterlife. Um, I don't know, there's a provident God. Yeah. But instead it was, I saw a beautiful, uh, I saw beautiful stars and that's what helped me overcome my fear of death. Yeah, and I think also for me, the, the inspiration of Imagine is very striking, right? Like he, he inspires John Lennon to write Imagine, which is a song that is basically, imagine a world without God, imagine a world without religion, imagine a world without suffering, mm-hmm. imagine a nat- basically a, a natural world, a Rousseauian pre... Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think that obviously the directors left that question in a way that's like super, super vague, okay? I mean, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think the directors are really trying to give us a, f- a huge answer to the question. I think that they raise a question, and for that, I think I'm like you know super grateful uh, to that, just because that they raise the question. And in a sense, mm-hmm. it's what epics do, right? Epics right. will oftentimes raise big questions like that without sure. giving an answer to it. However, I, I do think that he's going to make a great father, right? I mean, yeah. if I had to put my money on it, and I don't know, like imagine Force Gump two suddenly came out, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe things didn't go so well, but I do think that, and. Part of it is because I do think that, I mean, Forrest Gump, I do think that he does, he is less of just the noble savage and more of the simple child with trust in God, right? But then, I mean, just look at the way that he 
deals with his son. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Someone was someone was saying that you know I mean the the, the when he learned how to play ping well, pong. Well, the ping pong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, okay, I think you were talking about that. Go ahead. Well, the ping pong example, right? Is he he doesn't know how to play ping pong. He just gets taught while he's re- rehabbing his injury, right? And he's like, oh, just keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. And he becomes like a world renowned ping pong player and goes to China to do ping pong diplomacy for Nixon and and then he's teaching his son how to play ping pong mm-hmm. and he's not keeping his eye on the ball because he's letting his son hit the ball and he's keeping his eye on his son and so it's there is a clear transformation right yeah where it shows I think yeah that his he's totally absorbed in his son and I think also that he his relationship with Jenny especially it shows a love that goes above and beyond mm-hmm. And I think but, it, I think it's less stupid that people make him out to be. I mean, <laughs> come on, like, right, right. But he is a bit of a. It is a comedy. He is a he is a fool. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, the mo- I think one thing we're getting trapped in. Be, we're looking for a solution within the movie, that I don't think the movie has the vocabulary to answer hmm. because it's working with the American imagination and religion. I think we get from the Jenny character, the American into the wild spirit. Yeah, so that is encapsulated in the 60s and 70s. Right. And then we get through Lieutenant Dan, the predestined vision of the world, which is very Protestant. I've got a job to do and I'm going to... Right. And it's, it's, it's the American pull up yourself by your bootstraps. And if you can't, maybe you're, uh, you're not the chosen one. You know, and that's and, Lieutenant Daniel. And this vocabulary, it, and Lieutenant Dan literally eventually cannot pull himself up by his bootstraps because right. he doesn't have legs. And it's true, Forrest Gump is the middle route. He's like, okay, well, let me do the Jenny, appreciate nature. Um, I love to, you know, go. I love to Just float around and run, float and around like... and follow. Be a very passive floaty floater, but at the same time, uh, the best of Lieutenant Dan, which is maybe. Um, Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know which one you're going to get, but you do the best with what you can. Yeah. So like, uh, it, it, it seems like the two options uh, between Jenny, Lieutenant Dan Forrest tries to take the middle route. Yeah. But I don't think in the American kind of paganism, can we call it? The naturalistic desires and the American pre, pre uh, life is yeah, predestined. I define my life by my job. I define my life by, uh, by my profession, right? Which I think is the Lieutenant Daniel's... Uh, And Forrest charts, Forrest at least shows that there's a lot more to the American epic Mm -hmm. than simply those two paths. Yeah. Is if, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? Okay, I agreed. An epic raises the best, the deepest questions of gut relationships with God, society, and self knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, But an epic also should offer answers. Dante offers answers. To the the in the commedia, the, he offers answers. Homer offers answers. Huckleberry. Yeah, I said it's an epic. I didn't say it was Dante. Okay, <laughs> no, fair. But I'm I'm saying if you're gonna try to be an epic, you better try to do. You better try to own up to the duties of being an epic. Answer your own questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm satisfied in part. I think I'm satisfied with the question it raises. Um, mm-hmm. I think it raises very important questions that I think the movie wants people to think about, and I think it, it successfully uh, does that. I think that it does address an answer, attempts at an answer to that question of like, well, what defines us, right? Uh, I think it does a pretty good job at that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it misses the the. I mean, I, I, it misses sort of the the. Um, 
I think it ultimately misses the sort of the divine sonship uh, point that I was kind of like trying to look right. really for. Yeah, childlike, childlike in this movie is not divine filiation. I, I mean, I know I'm importing that from Christian theology, but if we're trying to understand what, what I think we're looking for a vocabulary of why isn't Forrest's childlike vision of all problems totally satisfactory? Sad. Exactly. Well, it's because it's not in the lexicon of of this movie. It's not in the American lexicon. And on that note, I think we've had a good conversation and we will have many more. But thanks again for tuning in to Seeds of the Logos and we will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>